Hello and welcome to Infinite Possibilities Abound. I'm your host, Debbie Waisner. Live, love, learn, and lend a helping hand is my motto. And I've already gone over the elements that I consider necessary to live and live in the present moment. So now I want to move to love. Millions upon millions of words have been written about love. Why do we fall in love? Part of that reason that humans fall in love is because we're hardwired not to be alone. Scientists investigating love have shown that there are several vital components, auditory, neurochemical, olfactory, tactile, visual processes that make it possible. Humanity's principal job has been to conceive and bear offspring and bring them into the adult world to continue humanity. Mating rituals and all they entail make it harder to explain the baby-making imperative when feelings of happiness, tenderness, joy, anticipation, and passion are added to the sexual act. Human reproductive behavior serves two opposing or clashing purposes. The sex drive in humans is strong, but this drive clashes with the powerful need to mate well and have your children survive. Humankind, both, both female and male, have an innate ability to recognize the signals for great genes and excellent reproductive prowess in potential partners. One of the strongest human desires for a potential partner is good smells. Humans are no different from any other animal in this respect. Humans learn to use the difference between good smells and assign positive values to those smells or scents. Olfactory senses of humanity are able to discern the difference between pleasant volatile molecules from food, herbs, spices, butter, vanilla, and cinnamon, to pheromones from both male and female endocrine systems, to the horrible smells of disease, death, and putrefying decay. This sense of smell can be tricked by chemicals such as the birth control pill. Another biological marker is taste. How a partner tastes or can make or break the sexual encounter. Some scientists believe kissing may be a taste test. Looks and sounds play a huge importance in attraction. A deep voice indicates a good level of testosterone and that is proven to be powerfully attractive to females. Broad chest, large shoulders, a heavy beard or a hairy chest are historical signs testosterone is functioning and flowing and are cues to females of a male's good health. Males view broad hips and large breasts as signals of a woman's ability to conceive, bear, and nurse offspring. There is also a hip-to-waist ratio that men find attractive. The thing about these signals is that they're innate. They aren't anything that are generally thought about. The problem for love and romance is that it doesn't always deliver the goods. It promises joy and happiness, but it can also play us for fools when it convinces us that we have found the right person only to upend our expectations later. Do you like yourself? Do you love yourself? If you've answered yes, fabulous. If you've answered no, you may have some work to do because if you don't like yourself or love yourself, how can you give what you don't have? Have you moved from partner to partner in, in search of fulfillment? 
The answer doesn't lie in someone else. The answer resides in you. We fall in love with another that we find attractive, appropriate for us, and someone who demonstrates that they're attracted to us. We now have a situation and a circumstance to experience self-expansion. You like or love the way you feel when in the presence of another person that you love. And then there's that surge of hormones, dopamine, oxytocin, known as the love molecule. And we feel a surge of exhilaration. Love has many characteristics and elements. Generosity, honor, respect, releasing of the ego, patience, kindness. To have love, you must first choose loving actions. The love we give and receive is a result of our thoughts and actions. Other words for love include accepting, forgiving, understanding. True love is expressed through doing for others while forgetting about themselves. From my perspective, the most important attributes for love are generosity, kindness, and intelligence. Generosity can't be forced by requiring people to give. We make a choice to extend ourselves to celebrate the happiness of others. Generosity is both the joy or giving and the ability of receiving. They are different sides or different facets of the same coin. Kindness, the ability to be kind, is, a, is important in love and friendship and is a strong indicator for a successful long-term relationship. Intelligence is very helpful in love relationships and is something that builds as the relationship grows. I like this quote from Deepak Chopra, giving connects two people, the giver and the receiver, and this connection gives birth to a new sense of belonging. One of the most beautiful passages ever written about love is in the Bible, Corinthians 1, 13, verse 4. Love is kind, love is patient, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of when it has been wronged. It is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And of course, that verse is performed at many weddings. I want to share a few other quotes. To the world, you may be one person. But to one person, you may be the world. Bill Wilson. Love is like the sun coming out of the clouds and warming your soul. Anonymous. Love at first sight is easy to understand. It's when two people have been looking at each other for a lifetime that it becomes a miracle. Amy Bloom. Love life and life will love you back. Love people and they will love you back. Arthur Rubinstein. Love is a choice you make from moment to moment. Barbara DeAngelis. As I said when I opened this segment, millions upon millions of words have been written about love. Love is the frequency, the vibration of the universe. Choose love. Learn. The search for knowledge 
is never-ending. Learning and education are not the same. They're different. Learning is about freeing your mind, about improving your mind, about how to think for yourself. Learning is a desire to know more about people, the world, the universe, exploration, self-exploration, and problem-solving. From my perspective, the educational system teaches them what to think, not how to think. Learning, some learning may take place, but not at a level that serves the student or the public that pays the bills. I have lots of interests. I explore those interests by reading books, attending webinars and seminars, attempting to do new things. When I was younger, I thought when I get out of school, I won't have to pick up a book again. Wrong. I pick up books all the time. Self-education is vital. Self-learning is an important key to success in, in any endeavor. I believe learning should continue for the rest of your life. There are libraries filled with books, music, and art that you can visit for free. There are museums, art galleries, and fairs on a variety of topics, ideas, and activities. You just have to make a choice to participate. You have to open your schedule and your mind and take action to continue to learn. You can talk to your grandparents, aunts and uncles about their life as kids, and you can compare it to yours. You can compare and contrast things that are the same and the differences. Seek out people that are different from yourself. Choose to expand your horizons. Open your mind. Be prepared to change your mind when new information becomes available. The first place to start with learning is with yourself. This will ground you and give you a strong base for further exploration. From there, you can begin to explore other people, other cultures, different ways of thinking. Learn how to think, not what to think. Improve your mind so you can think for yourself. Be a student for your lifetime and learn something new every day. Knowledge and information are important, but it's the quality of knowledge, not the quantity of knowledge, that is really vital and key. Said a different way, it's good to know things that are required, necessary, vital, and good, instead of knowing many things that are devoid of meaning and are useless. Now, I'm the one who embraces making mistakes, and science and technology are replete with numerous examples of mistakes that became useful products. Post-it notes is one very famous example. They were looking to make a strong adhesive, and by mistake, they came up with an adhesive which can be taken down, removed, and applied again and again to different surfaces. So don't hide from your mistakes or ignore your mistakes. From my experience, mistakes are one of the best forms of education you can have and it will improve the quality of your mind and your ability to problem solve. I like this quote from Will Rogers. There is nothing so stupid as an educated man if you get him off the thing he was educated in. Malcolm Forbes said, education's purpose is to replace an empty mind with an open one. Oliver Wendell Holmes wrote, man's mind once stretched by a new idea, never regains 
its original dimensions. The last part of my motto is lend a helping hand. And there are so many ways to help. Something as a simple smile to a total stranger could have an impact beyond your wildest dreams. Listening to someone, a friend, a family member, or even a total stranger, depending on the situation, can make the other person feel heard, that they're not alone. Then there's the giving of your time by volunteering. That's something that is of interest or of importance to you and your beliefs. Then there's donating material possessions that you no longer use or need that still have life and energy and could be useful to someone else. And then there's donating money, which many charities and organizations need to continue to operate their organizations. Lending a helping hand has always made me feel good or feel better if I hit a rough patch. Because I learned a long time ago, there are people all around the world in worse circumstances than I am in. So choose to lend a helping hand in whatever way suits you best. A while back I wrote this prayer or poem. I'll let you decide what it is based off of my motto. Every day I am the hand of source in action. My spirit's great desire is to live in light and love, to follow and lead, to touch and be touched, to live and learn, to make life's journey, to travel the path, to find the middle way each and every day. Human beings vibrate. We're vibrational beings. When we feel good, our vibrational is higher than when we feel bad. The earth, all the planets, our sun, and the universe have a frequency, a sound that they vibrate at. Earth's frequency is 7.3 hertz and is also known as the Schumann resonance. Humanity grew up with this natural frequency. We're in alignment with the Schumann resonance or frequency. There are so many man-made EMFs that everyone is exposed to a billion times more EMFs than just 10 years ago. Think of this as an electromagnetic smog that you can't see, hear, or taste. You may be able to feel it. Some people are more sensitive or susceptible to these man-made frequencies. Scientific literature reveals and reports that these man-made EMFs can cause brain fog, trouble sleeping and staying asleep, and low energy. Of course, the telecommunication industry and government deny there are any problems. So where do you feel best? In an office surrounded by computers and Wi-Fi and electronics all day, or outside in nature? I generally feel calmer and more peaceful outside, but I've also hardwired my computers and my printer and my television for streaming, so I've greatly reduced man-made EMFs in my home. These man-made frequencies are not in alignment with our human bodies, our energy fields, and they are susceptible to interference from these man-made EMFs. Our bodies are mostly composed of water or a water-like gel material. So it's not surprising that discordant frequencies could have an impact on the human body. 
ever heard of cymatics? That's spelled C-Y-M-A-T-I-C. It's the study of sound and vibration made visible generally on a membrane or diaphragm with using salt or sand or some other lightweight material. When frequency or sound is imparted to the membrane or diaphragm, fabulous and fantastic, complex, intricate geometric shapes are revealed. It now appears that vibration underlies all form, that sound and frequency creates form. The forms that are created by cymatics are seen in nature. Sunflowers, seashells, and snowflakes are easy examples. Life is sound. I have personally experienced how sound can impact the body through music, concerts, symphonies, bird songs, crickets, and I'm sure you've experienced it too. There is some speculation now that sounds from Mother Earth may be responsible for many of the crop circles. If you look at crop circles, you'll see many complex geometric patterns. There are many videos of a variety of experiments on cymatics. Take a few minutes and investigate them. I find them totally awesome, outstanding, wonderful, and fabulous to see sound in action. I've also ordered a book called Secrets in the Fields by Freddie Silva so I can learn more about this phenomenon. Have you ever been to a musical festival like Lollapalooza, Pitchfork, or Austin City Music Festivals where they have a variety of artists and bands? I have, but it's been a while. The storytelling in the music, regardless of the style, have similar themes, but different ways to communicate the stories. The differences are in the melodies, slight differences in phrasing and tones. Can you make the connection that hearing the same themes in a variety of ways is necessary because how our minds and bodies are wired? You might not notice the theme delivered by one melody, but it clicks with you in some form in a different melody. This is because we have different subconscious programming, different life experiences, and our association with keywords or phrases aren't the same. The themes are the same. How we arrive at the same place is different. Change is always happening. We're in a different place than we were 10 years ago at the end of the Mayan calendar. Some people thought the world was going to end. It didn't. Changes are happening as humanity awakens to see that leadership and government has failed them and that their trust was misplaced and misguided. Good things are happening behind the scenes that, the, that media and tech don't want you to know about, but they're happening nevertheless. New inventions, new ways of doing things. Sometimes in order to build something better, other things have to be deconstructed, changed, so they can transform into something better. I know from personal experience that change, good or bad, I've learned to embrace change because fighting against reality, at least for me, is a losing proposition. So I find ways 
to incorporate change. Now, there's some change that I don't agree with. Some attempted changes that I don't agree with, I don't implement. I use my free will, knowledge, and learning and work towards what I want to see for my future and those that I love and care about. And I've learned to be the change that I want to see in the world and to reflect that and to reflect those ideas and beliefs on the people around me. I really don't concern myself with those out of alignment with my beliefs, ideas, and thoughts. But I do keep a space open for new information that will allow me to change my mind and heart as needed. The themes of life are love, peace, abundance, joy, family, friends, spirit. How we get to these themes, how we travel, can be different. They don't have to be the same. The vast majority of people want to feel love, peace, joy, happiness, abundance, have family and friends. So em embrace the differences and be flexible enough to change when and where appropriate. I've talked about toxins and chemicals and a little bit about detoxifying. And I want to speak to detoxifying a little bit more today. The detoxification process happens in your body 24 hours a day. The liver filters and, de and deactivates toxins into waste products that can be excreted. The kidneys filter the blood and help eliminate chemicals in the urine. The skin can shield the body from some toxins and can help with the elimination of others through sweat and per perspiration. The lungs use mucus to trap pollutants and toxins. And the digestive tract is one of the primary routes for toxins to be eliminated from the human body. It would be wonderful if this natural system was able to handle all the toxins and chemicals that humankind is exposed to. And at one point in our history, it was. Today, the natural system for detoxification is under stress and threats from so many chemicals and toxins that the natural system can't keep up. Good, clean, energetic water can be very helpful. But there are a variety of foods that can aid in this detoxification process. And among scientists, there is disagreement over what is the number one food for detoxification. Some will say cilantro. Others will say cruciferous vegetables. I say, I don't think it really matters. We should all consume a variety of these foods to help our body in the detoxification process. Now, these aren't foods that you have to eat every day, but maybe once a week. Cruciferous vegetables like cabbage, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and cauliflower are rich in sulfur and appear to enhance and stimulate the action of glutathione, which is a very important molecule involved in detoxification. And they're also rich in fiber. I like most of these kinds of vegetables. Garlic and onions are spices that are also high in sulfur and can aid in the detoxification process. Are you tired of hearing about leafy greens being good for you? But leafy greens are high in chlorophyll, and chlorophyll helps with the detoxification process. 
and chlorophyll can act as an antioxidant also, which means it will help protect your cells from damage from toxin exposure. I do enjoy a mixed salad that includes spinach, a little bit of kale, some romaine, lettuce, with a variety of garlic, onions, tomatoes, walnuts added. Some science that I have read considers cilantro to be the best overall detoxifier. It's packed with powerful antioxidants that help to fight free radical damage. There are studies that show that cilantro leaves can help eliminate mercury, which is a very toxic heavy metal, from the body. As I've mentioned before, I don't like cilantro. It tastes terrible to me. But I might consider making a tea and drinking some once a week. I've consumed lots of things that don't taste good. But I prefer parsley, which is a nutrient-dense herb related to cilantro, and I prefer its flavor. Parsley helps protect cells from free radical damage and can also act as a natural diuretic, which means it can help flush toxins out of your kidneys by promoting urine flow. Another food for your consideration is sauerkraut, and another related food is kimchi. Both sauerkraut and kimchi are fermented foods with the benefits of cabbage and probiotics. The last item in regards to detoxification for today is green tea, which is high in antioxidants, and one in particular known as EGCG has shown incredible benefits against free radical damage and inflammation. So if you just pick one of these foods and ate them once a week, you could help your body to eliminate chemicals and toxins and aid the natural detoxification process of the human body. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Infinite Possibilities Abound. I'm your host, Debbie Waisner. I hope your week is filled with joy, happiness, and that you'll come back again next week for another episode.